0: It's great to be with you all this morning and um, I just want to thank God because I recently, I I quite like historical um, documentaries and I um, watched a um, a couple of weeks ago, I watched I think a four or five part documentary about Malcolm X, all heard of Malcolm X, amazing leader um, killed in his his prime but do you know what, Malcolm X served a, a non-existent dead God and I serve a God who is alive, and that's exciting for me. Is it exciting for you? If it is, when you give a praise offering to God, He is alive. He is alive this morning. So I just want, what I want to do, is kind of draw um, this series to a close, just with a a, a short focus, just on small groups, great purpose. And all I'm really going to do is um, remind us of what we've looked at the last uh, three weeks of this series. And then we're going to, uh, I'm going to share something out, 2.42, and then I'm going to worship God a bit longer. Is that okay? If not, then I'll just do it by myself. Okay. Um, so the last, uh, last number of weeks, we've looked at three really important things. Who we are becoming, where do we belong, and how can we love and be loved? Who are you becoming, where do you belong, and how can you love and be loved? Our desire as a church is for you, for me, for everyone to discover who God created you to be. I want that as a banner over this church that everyone can see, and they can see that if they come into this place, they can discover who God created them to be. What an amazing thing. What an amazing thing for people. Because for me, that is the meaning of life. It's knowing God, but knowing why am I here. So many people ask that question, why am I here? Well, we hope that this gives us uh, at least the the beginnings of an answer and helps people to understand that the reason we're here is so that we can discover who God is created us to be. So I'm just going to look at the recap on these three areas we looked at. So firstly, who are we becoming? Who are we becoming? When when I was, oh, a number of years ago, I can't remember when I, even before I realised I was doing it, I took my first steps of any kind of leadership, not from a platform or not from anywhere that, that seemed massive or anything like that, but just within a, a life group. Within my life group, there were about ten or a dozen people there. Some weeks there were less than that. And I was just given little bits of responsibility, little things to oversee. And before I realised it, I'd begun to take my first few steps. And so often, as a bit, I think we started this series by saying that before there's the big crowd, there's always a small group have committed people who come together and say, we've got the vision for the thing that God's going to do. If you look at, back at the, if you don't believe me, if you look right back at the start of um, Acts chapter number 2, the day of Pentecost, prior to the 3,000 being, um, being saved, added to the number of believers on that day, there was this small group of people who did what Jesus commanded them to do. He said, wait in the city and pray until you're clothed with power from on high. And they stayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they kept going and they kept going and they kept going. And they kept believing, even when the the Holy Spirit didn't come straight away, they kept believing in the promises of God over and over and over and over again. And then, bang, the power of God begins to come and the world is transformed. And it's the small group of people that had the vision to say, we're going to see this thing happen. We're going to see this thing happen. My word, the older I get, the longer I've been apart from him, the more I'm turning into my dad. (laughs) Seriously. A life group is a great training ground for beginning to understand who God created you to be. See, it's great to come here on a Sunday and please don't mishear me. This is like, so important christ i love sundays i just love even if i can't be if i'm asked to go and preach another church or if i'm away on holiday and i go to another church which i always try to my best to do i just love being with other christians even people who don't we don't even speak the same language there's a heavenly language that we both know exactly what we're talking about but being in a small group of people, people who gradually over time you build up relationships, you get committed to one another, you will find that things in your life really begin to change. Who were you becoming? Well, I really believe that people, when they get into life groups, they begin to find that so many areas of the life of Jesus, and I'll tell you about what those are in just a moment, begin to move forward. And this is why we're encouraging you to join one, and if you're, not, if you're not already in one. If we ask ourselves the question, who are we becoming, well, we're all turning into someone. None of us, I hate to break to you, as unique as we are, none of us are so unique that we will not tread something very similar to the same path as many other people. There's so many people in this room, there's so many other pe- people in this church, there's so many people in this world who I look at and I think, you're awesome, I want to be like you. But ultimately, the best things about them are only reflections of who Jesus really is. If there is if, if one person you're going to turn into, turn into being exactly like Jesus, as Christ-like as you can be. If you've made a decision in your life that you're going to follow Jesus and Pete will probably give you an opportunity to do that at the end if you haven't already done that. Then you are already covered, you are saved, you're healed, you are set free. Jesus is the only person who could bleed and yet turn someone white. Can you imagine throwing blood at someone and then going white? Well, that's exactly what Jesus did. As his blood was shed, your sins were washed white as snow, pure as the driven snow. We can't earn what Jesus has given us. We could try and it still wouldn't work. But because of what he's given us, because he's paid the ultimate price, make sure that you give Jesus good value for money. Make sure you give him good value for money. Who we are becoming? Become like Jesus. It's really simple. Where do you belong? Well, we're built for relationship. Even if you just look at the back to the beginning of time as we know it, you see, Father, You don't just see Father God, you don't just see Jesus, you don't just see the Holy Spirit, you see God three in one. That's kind of the first relationship there ever was. Father, Son, and Spirit, all three together. The Godhead, three in one, Father, Spirit, Son. There's a song in there, isn't there? If you connect to God and to people, you will not just grow, but you, you'll begin to thrive if you keep pushing into it. Life groups are a great place to give out, but also to receive as well. They're a great place, which John Bell really well looked at last week, to love and to be loved. You can show the love of God to one another, but you can also be the recipient of love as well. One of the things that, just talking from a very personal point of view, that got us through some really tough times, such as when I lost both of my parents, was people in our group just showing us some love. Sometimes it wasn't so much them just doing anything, it was just knowing that they're there. Knowing that they're there, people saying, Are you okay? And not being bothered about what the answer is. If you say, Yeah, I'm okay, then that's great. If they say, Do you know what? I feel terrible. I've had an awful week because it's so hard. I was talking to my friend, um, Gebhard in South Africa last night, and he's just lost his mum, and it brought back so much the pain. He said he can feel physical pain. I'm like, I know, my friend. I've been through it, but when you've got people around you, I, I, you don't at that times like that. You don't need clever answers. You just need people to love you. Just need people to love you. And we'll get through it. And I just always think in the kingdom of God, because Jesus has already won the victory, because he is coming back for his church, and he is coming back, make sure, by the way, make sure you're ready. Don't leave it till tomorrow. Don't leave it till you leave. Make, <laughs> to leave today, make sure you're ready. Because he could come back today. He could come back tonight. He could come back tomorrow. You need, need to make sure you're ready. But because Jesus has already won the victory... And so we can fight rather than for victory, we can fight from a place of victory. The victory has already been won. Full time has already been called on the devil's reign. And Jesus is coming back for his church. And in our life groups, we can love one another and comfort one another and help one another one of the things we can do is we can show what we might call pastoral care to one another. We have a pastoral care team in this church and I, I spend quite a lot of time um, helping people in a pastoral sense and just talking things through and encouraging people and praying with people and helping people through things that are difficult and that's, I see that very much as um, in terms of my calling in God, that's something that I want to continue and I think is very important but it's really important for an organic church, for a church that for for group for people to be in small groups of people who all take care of one another. Kelly and I, when we were uh, co-leading a group, we had this idea that what we would do within the group is we would all just look after one another. We're like, we won't bother the pastoral care team. We'll just look after one another. When someone's got a need, we'll, within our context of our group, we will see to it. We will help that. If it's possible, if it's right, if it's fair, we will see to it. And that's one of the things I want to encourage you to think about. There is no higher thing to do on this earth than pushing into the covenant promise of God, which is that we should love God and love people at command of his, where he just says, Love the Lord your God and love his people as well. We're just going to watch a video. It's about six minutes long, but it's really, really good. It's got the testimony of two different people. Um, one of who, neither of whom are actually in the room at the moment, but two people who are just going to talk to you a little bit about the importance of life groups. And I hope this will spur you on. Wonderful couple of really great testimonies. they really full of faith. That's amazing. Um, if you'll just turn with me, I'm just going to imagine um, I am an aeroplane coming into land. I'm just going to land this series right now. If you turn with me to Acts 2, to, uh, chapter 2, 42 onwards. I'm going to read from Acts 2, 42 to 47. And I just want to look at the things we can learn from there. And this is the basis of life groups. It's the basis of our groups. There's a subheading in my Bible, and it says this the fellowship of believers, so like the community of the believers. It's really important that we just, um, just clue in for the next few moments, okay? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Saved daily, added daily. It's um, really important just to look at those four elements that we see at the start. First element, element number one is the apostles' teaching. This was the life of Jesus and his resurrection. What we will look at now is we will look at the Bible and we will see that that needs to be central in life groups. We need good teaching, good reflection, good readings, good thoughts from. Bible so we can understand what it has to say to us. Second element is that's really important is fellowship. That is simply community. This is a, a word you don't hear used so much these days, but the word fellowship means community. It means friendship within a group. Bonds can be formed that nothing can break between friends, between believers. Element number three is the breaking of bread. This is emphasised here as the Lord's Supper, something that we take together in life groups on a regular basis, something that we do on Sunday mornings here at least once per month. I believe that out of all the meals we could ever eat on this earth, and I love, I love my food. I love, it's one of the, my favourite pastimes is to eat. It's something that I have to be very careful over. But the greatest meal that we could ever eat is when we join together and we remember Jesus' death, his body broken for us, his blood poured out for us, that washed us white as snow, that made our way back to God. Jesus' death, his sacrifice, his blood, his resurrection, and we celebrate, don't we, as well? We're not saying, we just it's not just a memorial of Jesus' death. No, no, no. It's a reminder that he's coming back. That he died and he rose again and he is coming back for us. T- we, can we please, please, can you all please try to remember that as Christians? Jesus is coming back. He is. There's more in the Bible, there's more in the Bible about the fact that he's coming back a second time than he ever did the first time. If he came, back the, f- if he came the first time then, and he said he's coming a second time, I would bet my bottom dollar he's as good as his word and he's coming back. We need to be ready need to be ready. It's so important. We don't like talking about that in church, but we should, because it hits close to home. It hits close to home. Will you give people opportunities to do that in the end, Pete, so where we can commit or recommit our lives to Jesus? Thank you. Final element. element What we need is prayer. This is emphasized throughout Acts and elsewhere. Prayer is connecting with God. It's saying, Lord, yes, I may have these things I want to talk about, but I I want to lay before you. But Lord, what is your agenda? What are you doing? Eugene Peterson once said, prayer gets us in on what God's doing. That's exciting. I want to know what God's agenda is. I want to know what he wants me to do. I want to know what he wants us to do here as a church. How do we find that out? We pray. We read the Bible, we pray, we talk to one another. What God's speaking to you about? God's, God's visiting me regularly at the night, almost every night, in dreams and visions at the minute. He's speaking to me about things. And I'm like, what do I do with this stuff? How do I steward these things? But God primarily speaks to us as we pray. These are signs, these four things, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer, are four signs that mark a healthy church, a learning church, and a loving church. Notice that word right at the start. It says they devoted themselves to these four things, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer. It doesn't mean they did it when they felt like it. It doesn't mean that they did it occasionally. It says that they devoted themselves. They were completely given over to these things. Yes, they'd have to run a normal life. And I understand that today 21st century lives are complicated and we're busy. But, friends, we have to, we can't mince our words where this is concerned. We can't really negotiate over this, I'm afraid. We need, if you're going to really move forward in your life with Jesus, you need to devote yourselves to these things. It's the only way. These are the core elements, (laughs) Like, like fire and water. These are the four core elements that you need. Teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. Where better to do it? In a small group of people who love you. A church that is going to move forward is a church that will persevere, not give up in the face of distractions or discouragements, something else more shiny than us going on down the road, the business of life. This way people trust you, they'll trust Jesus as well. Just remember, this is so important, you may be the only representation of Jesus that some people ever see. So many people in our world, we can, take, we can think sometimes that, you know, that everyone thinks the same as us or whatever. But in reality, many people just don't know who Jesus is. They just don't. We've got to be like him so that people say, why are you the way you are? And then you've got an open door to point yourself to Jesus. By the way, next week, I'm I'm not doing any in-depth stuff this morning, but the next three weeks, we're going to be doing a teaching series on Jonah, the book of Jonah, something that I haven't heard taught on very much, and I'm excited about that, but one of the things we want to encourage you in is the going. How do we go? We want to give you some helpful, simple takeaway principles that will help you to know how you can share your faith in a simple way that engages people rather than pushes them to one side so I encourage you to be here next week and what we get here in Acts 2 42 to 7 is a beautiful picture of love and devotion to one another those who had had needs had their needs met while well, they learned about God and praised him in all circumstances not just when they felt like it but in all circumstances and what happened simply God blessed what they did with a numerical increase I believe very Often the the increase of a church depends on how small groups of people are doing. Are they healthy? Are they doing well? And to be quite honest, a a church that is going to stand on the truth and love one another through everything is a church that God will bless with an increase. God will grow. God will prosper. We have to be a loving church. And one of the important things about groups is that you will... I mean, I've been there myself. I remember someone standing up and shouting at me in a life group once. I don't know what i had done to upset them so much. But they got really, really angry with me. They're not here today. Um, Nor have they been for a number of years, but that's by the by. (laughs) But do you know what? I I had to make a choice there. Am I going to be offended by this? Or am I going to continue, in spite of this, what God is doing in my life and in this group? Because I know I'm a part of this. The point I'm trying to make is that people will upset one another. It's just human nature. But it's important that we try to move towards a place of maturity where we say, no matter what happens, I'm going to stick with this group of people. I am going to make sure that I'm devoted to one of these key elements is fellowship. Teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, to prayer. They devoted themselves. I bet you if we were to read between the lines, there will have been fallouts between these people. And yet, they love one another through it. Can you love someone who you don't want to love? It's not easy, but you know, when you do begin to do it, you begin to see what Jesus really said. He said, anyone can love a friend, but to love an enemy takes a special kind of love. Ask Jesus to help him, help you show that love to people. Acts 2.42, these elements... This is where discipleship takes place. This is where we can move forward together. So I encourage you this morning to take the plunge, to not look back, to press forward. You will not regret it. It won't always be easy. But I encourage you to either sign up, and Peter will remind you of the instructions just before, um, just before we, we close today. But I encourage you to either sign up for a group, or if you're already in one, And, you know, this is just kind of telling you stuff you already know. Can I encourage you, maybe as we worship, maybe you can pray and you can rededicate yourself and say, Lord, I'm going to love those people whom I'm in that that group with. Whatever may come, whatever may change, I'm going to love those people. Don't give up on people because of anger, because of offence, because of differences of opinion. Where in the world does it say that we have to all agree in order to get on? (laughs) I, I actually really love it when I come across people who think differently to me. I mean, one of my... Oh, no, no, I won't say that. No. <laughs> I'm, I love it. I love it, love it, love it when people who are so such polar opposites find a way to coexist, find a way to love one another. I look at this church and I see people... I was telling someone yesterday who's really interested in starting coming, coming to the church, I was saying to them, do you know what? There are people from every kind of... It's for society in this church, and that's one of the things that I think is remarkable and wonderful, and that's one of the many reasons I love it, and one of the many reasons I call it home. I choose to call it home. What you can end up with, and I'm about to close, so maybe the bank can come back, and then we'll worship Jesus a little bit longer. But one of the things that you can end up with, if you take the plunge today, and you join a group, or you recommit yourself to the group, is something that I called the other week, Unexpected Friendships. Have you ever walked down the street and just seen a stranger and thought, I'd really like to be friends with them? (laughs) I haven't either. You might have done, but most of the friendships I've formed over the years, probably all of them, actually, were completely unexpected. I said the other week that my best friend in the whole world, who I met when I was 11 years old, we've stuck together ever since then. And do you know what? For the first nearly year that we knew one another, every single time he saw me, he said, James, you're just so weird. I have to say, I probably agree with him, and most other people probably do as well. At Christmas time, he sent me a Christmas card saying, Dear James, Happy Christmas, your weird times 10 billion, I think it was. So that's more than enough for a few every day. But we've stuck with one another. We've not always agreed. He's not a Christian. I want him to be. I'm desperate for him to be. But I encourage you to think about an unexpected friendship. Who could be your unexpected friendship? Who might be in this room who you don't even maybe know their first name at the minute, but you could end up forming an unbreakable bond with them, just like Jonathan and David. If you read the books of Samuel, you'll read in, in the old, right near the start of the Old Testament, you will see this beautiful unexpected friendship of Jonathan and David. And some of the things that you can learn from their friendship in terms of Unexpected friendships in your life are these six things I picked out six things. you can experience things outside your comfort zone. You can learn how to see how other people differ from you. You can have the chance to try the, uh, apply the true meaning of love your neighbor. Try loving someone who you don 't really like there 's a challenge for you. You can share ideas, perspectives, and, and conversations that you might otherwise never have. The opportunity to experience. There's loads of people I've met in church who I think I don't know how else we would have met. That's wonderful. We can know that someone has your back. I look at. There's so many other people, but I look at Pete, and Pete and I see one of them almost every day because we work together. But I know he's got my back. I know even if I did the most horrendous thing in the world, I know they'd do whatever he can to protect me. And now I've said it, you've got to make sure you do it, Pete. (laughs) But you can have fine people who've got your back, and finally. You can learn what it is like to get to know people, not for an agenda, but just to be their friend. If you've got people in your life who you're just friends with, you don't want to get anything out of them, you don't want to get money, you don't want to get their time, you just want to be their mate. I love that. That's what I love more than anything. So I encourage you this morning, to, this afternoon, to take the plunge and say, I'm going to do this. Peter will remind you how you can do it before we close, but can I just pray for us? Um, By the way, just to say as as, um, core leaders, so that's core leaders of the church, there's me, there's Kelly, there's Pete, there's John and Rebecca Bell, and there's Steve Brett. We meet on an ongoing basis as a a life group ourselves, uh, because we don't get enough time together. We try to meet together so we can pray, so we can do all these things, these elements that I told you about. But one of the things that we're going to be doing over the coming months, and particularly Pete and I... um, we will be uh, visiting groups to come and show some support to come and help and just to come and show you that we really value you and we think it's great that you're meeting together I encourage you to sign up today father thank you for these people uh, thank you for those who are here today thank you for those who can't be with us lord i pray you'll bless this church with an increase lord in terms of on numeric numbers but also in terms of our depth of walk with you i pray every single person here Uh, will in this church will move forward lord i pray you'll help people really even for those who maybe don't find it easy get into a a group of people may we see unbreakable bonds formed in jesus name amen should we stand and we're just going to worship jesus for a little bit longer thank you